Welcome to Manga Marathon, the podcast where we read manga. Lots and lots of manga. I am your host, Derek, and I am joined by my co-host, as always, Mo. Wait, I'm back here again? You're back. It's time for round two. Hopefully this time, less sucking. <laughs> well, anyway, so, um... Yeah, I'm kind of debating whether we should go into our history as what we've done as podcasters, or if we want people to think about that previous podcast as little as possible, and hopefully give this one a fresh chance. Yeah, I've... that one would go so well. <laughs> I think. I I'm mean, gonna... I wanted to go well, but um, too much of the work was piled on me, even. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lazy, lazy. But anyway, I think we're going to go with the latter option and pretend that podcast never happened, even though it's still on our website, burninglizardstudios.com, and is currently being downloaded by people. Although I've noticed a lot of them download the first, like, ten episodes, and then after that, they don't seem to do anything else. So, hopefully you haven't listened to that other podcast and you enjoy this one. Because we're... I don't blame them, but thank you for listening as much as you can. Mm. Yeah. We're amateurs. We know we're amateurs. Oh. We're just doing amateur things. We are such amateurs. But this time we're going to streamline and simplify things. This podcast is going to be a review show, namely about manga. And what we will be doing is we will be reviewing manga that is legally available in the United States. Um, and if at any point I decide to import from other markets, maybe manga that's legally available in other markets. But the point being... Um, that we are going to go over the manga that you, the listeners in the U.S., have available to you and that we feel you should be buying or that we feel you should not be buying, depending on our reactions to said manga. Um, we'll go over a couple volumes per episode. This first one, we're going to start with two volumes of a series um, that I absolutely adore. It is called Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. You made me read the... I did make you read it, and you liked it. Eh, it, it was alright. It made you laugh, don't lie. Yeah, but I don't know, watching, when I saw the first episode of the, uh, of the anime, it was kind of hard to like, get into the actual manga itself. Mm. Which is why I, unlike other people who pretty much prefer to watch the anime, and instead of reading the manga adaptation, I prefer to read the manga and then watch the anime, because I don't never read it. And watch the anime because I just don't want to lose the feeling of having read the manga. Yeah. Yeah, I'm that kind of person, people. Yeah, I, I have no sor sorry for it. Hmm. Is that no word? I found it. <laughs> not, well, it is a word, it's just not good English. No regrets. It's my second language. <laughs> you, you don't speak anything but English in your daily life. Yeah. Kind of like me. But I speak other languages too, but that's besides the point. And... All right, so yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of the same way in some aspects. Um, at least early on, going from an anime to reading the manga was always a little more difficult, mostly because just by nature, the lack of color in the manga made it kind of difficult to you know it just made it visually difficult for me. Um, for example, I watched the One Piece anime early on when I was a anime fan, and I loved it. And then I tried to read the manga, and it was the lack of colors, and One Piece is a very colorful anime, but the lack of colors in the manga, the, you know, cramped art style and everything, it turned me off to the manga for a long time. It wasn't until years later that I read it. I read the manga when I, when I saw the anime, after I watched it, I was like, okay, the anime is great, I want to know the, I want, wait, is that, there's a comic book, I want to go read the comic. 
Rick Holmes like, oh my goodness, this is so much better. <laughs> yeah, my, so much better. Later on, that's the reaction that I had. But when I first started, and also keep in mind this was before the years of where manga was easily accessible, and being a kid at the time, I did not have much money, so I had to rely on my parents to buy me the volumes. And so, yeah, and there weren't that many available at the time, so it, you know, kind of... I only read manga that. that my sister had, and they were, um... At least she had some that I liked, but I only read... So I was exposed to some really... Well, I won't say strange, but peculiar ones. I'm like, wait, mm. what is it? Angel Sanctuary? Oh, artsy <laughs> manga... Yeah, you're not going to find much artsy manga on this show. We are far too crass and commercial for that. No, 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 I'm not saying Angel Sanctuary is bad. I was just, I was just really bored. You know, I'm like, yeah. when I'm really bored. I just turn on the game console plate. Or if I don't have a game console at the time, I just pull out a book and just read it. <laughs> well, you know what that means now. We're going to have to go over Angel Sanctuary. I'm in the middle of reading Stephen King's Insomnia. It's... Apparently, one one of the most hardest books he's ever written, and that goes to show it's really hard to figure out. Haven't you been going over that for months by this point? I've been taking breaks, very uh, long. Um, inter, in, 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 inter, intermissions? No, no, inter. Ah, what the word was? Interpret. Ah, whatever. Work breaks. Yes. Interpret. Interludes. Interpret. Yes. Interpret. Breaks. All right. Well. Let's go ahead and get into the topic of the show. You may notice we refuse to do news on this show. Um, I refuse to do news anymore. I boycott the news. The news yeah. sucks. And I mean actual news itself, too. Yeah. Well, in general, getting news sucks, and the news itself usually sucks. But for now, we're going to stick to just reviewing the manga. So if you're not interested in manga reviews, and if you're not interested in the discussion that just goes volume by volume, you may not be interested in this podcast. But listen anyway. So... Alright, so, starting with Volume 1, what we're going to do is just give you a kind of basic, um, well, actually, before we start, I should say, there will be spoilers in, um, in here. I've written a, I've got, I've written reviews for the manga themselves, um, and posted them to the website sharkberg.com, uh, which I write for, um, but the thing is, those reviews do not really have spoilers. I try to avoid those, but we're going to be going in depth here, so there will be spoilers. So if you want to know if you should read this manga, I'd go read the review, and then if you decide you want to read the manga, go read it, and then come back and listen to us. You have been warned. Alright then, so, the basic premise is that Sakura, a high school girl, has a crush on one of her classmates. And except when she goes to confess to him, he thinks she's asking for his autograph. And then later on, we discover that the reason that he thinks she's asking for his autograph is because he is, in fact, a manga artist of shoujo manga. And in fact, he is actually very famous, but nobody believes that he is... Nobody in his life or school believes he's actually a manga artist. Oh, uh, nobody will believe that, to be honest. <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't believe it either. Nope. <laughs> what, you don't know I'm a manga artist, Mo? <laughs> no, but, yeah, and then, so, um, her crush, Nozaki, the titular Nozaki, um, ends up taking her back to his home and uses her for nefarious purposes. By which I mean he enlists her into being a, one of his assistants and filling in the beta, which 
The manga explains a little bit what some of the terminology is. In this case, beta means filling in the black spaces with ink. Oh, that's what beta means in this mm-hmm. case. Yeah. yeah, it kind of... It's like there's a there's a token explanation of manga creation in here, not nearly as much as, say, Bakuman. Because, yeah. because Nozaki-kun isn't about manga creation per se, not about the actual process. It's about... It's, you know... It's a parody of manga, and it's also a character. Pardon, it's a character comedy. Um, for example, isn't it, like a par- isn't it like a parody of shoujo? Yeah, specifically shoujo manga. Um, there you go. For example, um, an example of a joke is that you know, you'll kind of um, uh, put things, you know, manga tropes into a real world. Uh, context, I guess. I'm not explaining this very well. The, uh, for example, um, how often you'll have thugs or Yankees in manga, and they'll be drinking alcohol and smoking, and Nozaki <laughs> says, I'm not allowed to put in anything that's illegal, so it turns out that the cigarettes are all chocolate cigarettes, and the drinks that these kids are getting, clearly getting drunk off of are all juice. <laughs> how do you get drunk off of juice? Well, that's the joke. They can't. <laughs> and so, and then things like, you know, the fact that challenging someone to a duel is in fact illegal. So he's hoping nobody ever notices that. So that, because then what that would mean is that he can never have any characters challenging each other to a duel. And instead, <laughs> instead they would just, as he says, they, all they'll be able to do is just have conversations with their eyes. Like intense glares and that's it. And then, of course, the bike ride. Just oh, the bike ride. Everything involving the bike is fantastic. It's like this was the, that was the joke in the anime because I watched the anime first. That is the joke that convinced me that this I was looking at quality, namely, deter- finding out that you can't ride double on a bike. It's illegal. So this big romantic trope is in fact unusable for him. And so he's like, okay, how do I have the character walk home with his bike and yet still have a romantic walk with his love interest? So he's like, all right, um, what if I have them, what if I have him just, you know, just walking beside his bike while she's walking beside him? He's like, yeah, well, that doesn't really have much of an impact. Or what about this? And then he shows him, the guy, riding the bike while the girl is desperately trying to run run to keep up with him. And it's just, that's awful. This boy is despicable. And I just lost it. Like I said, spoilers. If you listen to this podcast before you read the manga, we will in fact be giving away a bunch of the jokes. Much of this podcast is going to be me very poorly telling you what the joke is and then spending about 15 seconds laughing about it. Yeah, the joke doesn't work. You already tell what the joke's about. Exactly. This isn't. You- and the and the and the problem of watching the anime version before even reading the manga is that when when that when that when that's probably one of the best parts for most people to try and get into mm-hmm. the series. Yeah. Yeah, but when I read in the manga, I was like, oh right, I get. It. Um, yeah, it is. I would maybe. I mean, I did it the opposite way, but I would maybe recommend reading the manga first and then watching the anime because. You start off the way it was originally intended to be viewed, and then you get to see the adaptation. However, if there's a manga adaptation. Read the manga first, then watch the anime. That's how I would do it, and I've about well, yeah. 
Poor thing to do, but... <laughs> yeah, however, at the same time, I will say that if you've watched the anime and think you don't need to read the manga, the manga, in fact, has extra content. There's stuff that was cut from the anime that is in the manga. And more importantly, even though we haven't gone to that point yet, the manga continues beyond the anime, and we don't know if there's going to be a second season, so as the volumes come out, I highly recommend getting into them, just because the extra content and the fact that there's just there's so much material, and it just gets funnier, that hasn't come been in the anime yet. And, but, yeah, so the first little bit is just, you know, making, you know, it making fun of manga tropes, and that continues onward, but by a couple chapters we get into, you know, the introduction of the, of the secondary, well, secondary, they're all very important, though, uh, characters, and that's where the, re why Nozaki-kun is such a fantastic manga, because... The characters. Exactly. It's like, you can have a manga making fun of manga tropes, that's fine, but only manga fans are gonna like it. Nozaki-kun, on the other hand, has that, and as a manga fan, I at least really loved it, but as a, you know, but as just a reader, I appreciate the character comedy because it's literally everyone that I've ever showed this manga to fell in love with it and thinks it's the funniest thing ever, and a big part of that is the characters. So, um, let's see. Let's kind of go over them and have a little discussion about each character. Let's start with Mikorin. <laughs> well, that's all we need to talk about. Mikoshiba, right? Mikoshiba. Yeah, Mikoshiba. <laughs> yes, as he says, don't call me Mikorin. It's, Mikoshiba is fantastic. I mean, his introduction is, hey, look at me, I'm the pretty bad boy. And then, we, but then we get to see that that's not quite accurate, because... He does the typical pretty bad boy, playboy thing where all the girls are, are you know, fawning over him and he calls down from the window to them, hey girls, if you've got nothing better to do, want to have some fun with me? And then immediately after that, you can just see that he's starting to shake and blush. Nozaki says, he said it himself and now he's embarrassed about it. It's adorable, isn't it? And that's, no, and that's Mikoshiba. He tries. He tries so very hard to be the playboy, but he's just too darn bashful to do it. It's hilarious. I love it. Oh. He is one of my favorite characters, <laughs> and he's also very... He's very, I'd say, very needy, you know? There he, was a particular, there's a particular page in one of the, in the chapter he was introduced, I believe, where they, I, they asked him... They, they try to figure out what's his special talent, and they, oh, and they yeah. have like the little drawing, the little doodles. Oh. There's like, um, like, like a, the, each of the three, Nozaki, Sakura, and Mikoshiba, they draw, and then it's like, one, each of the, each of the drawings looks, looks, um, the same, and some of them look different. But then when it comes to the very, well, like the very third one with the houses, yeah. it's like, what is your talent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, each of the characters has their own strength, like, Sakura does really good realistic drawings of a dog and a person. <clears throat> Nozaki does a cartoony dog and a really good anime or a manga girl person. Mikoshiba does ver does scribbles. His <laughs> dog and his person are scribbles, and then they get to the house and everyone sucks exactly the same. <laughs> yep, and then you discover that his special skill is he can draw flowers really, really well. 
Like, he brings up the, the character's that, yeah, and, and, and there's a page that I see that I see just, I think it's a page after that one. Yeah. And it was just really hilarious. <laughs> the punchline at the end of that page is hilarious. Oh, yeah. It's just like bringing out the character's appeal. That's my job. And you've got the main character, who, by the way, the main char- the characters of Nozaki's manga are Suzuki and... Oh, Mamiko? I'm an idiot. Mamiko. Mamiko, that's it. Yes, Suzuki and Mamiko, the return of the guy that doesn't remember names. <laughs> but yeah, every sing like for three panels, it's just glittery effects and flowers. And by the end, Nozaki and Sakura is like, this character is annoying. <laughs> no. what, I, what I actually love, and this is one of the reasons why I'd recommend going over the, uh, why I recommend if you haven't wa- if you've read the manga but you haven't watched the anime, I would recommend watching the anime because the actors are fantastic. Like. So the actress um, that does Sakura's voice is amazing at portraying a sarcastic tone of voice. There's like a one where um, where Sakura asks Mikoshiba to show her how to do something just because Mikoshiba has re- really passively is trying to get her to ask him something. But she doesn't need him to ask anything because she knows what she's doing. And so he starts going, all right, here's how you do it. And she's just watching him, then pulls over something of her own to work on. And she's like, oh, wow, I see. Mm. Whoa, you're good. And I did it terribly, but the way the voice actress does in the anime, it's absolutely hysterical. And I, yeah, I love that Sakura just, you know, just... Right after meeting meeting Mikoshiba, she is completely done with his shit. <laughs> she's like, oh gosh, this guy is really kind of annoying, and she's just not taking any of it. Like, she's not mean to him, but she's just like, ugh, this is really, a, this is really frustrating. And, <laughs> and yes, of course, any time, and of course there's more Mi, uh, Mikoshiba trying to flirt and it just not working. And then we discover that Mikoshiba is actually the character model or personality model for Mamiko, the heroine from Nozaki's manga. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, <laughs> wait, Miko, Mikoshiba is, is the character in your manga? Who is it? I can't imagine who. And he's like, it's the heroine. He's like, the heroine? And then you see that, oh, yeah, you see the... You see Mamiko reacting in all these, um, you know, different ways in Sakura. It's just like, oh, she really is Mikorin. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, all right. Yeah, what's, I mean, yeah, what's your view on Mikoshiba? He's pretty funny in his own way. Yeah. You know, with the, with the, take, take, taking the usual um, playboy, pretty boy um, sort of thing and then turning around to make him actually feel very um, embarrassed about you know, trying to flirt with the girls. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a fresh approach to the character. Mm-hmm. Like, again, this is, even though it's a character comedy and it works without any knowledge of manga, this is very clearly the author taking a trope and playing with it, you know. It's like the pretty, the pretty bad boy that flirts with all the girls, you know, that's a thing that happens a lot in shoujo manga. So he's like, okay, we'll take that and we'll play with it. And that's what a lot of these characters are. They is, you know, just playing with different tropes in ways that, you know, in ways that work. 
even for people that don't know the tropes. So I think the next character that we want is, oh yeah, we'll, all right, we have Seo Yuzuki. Um, for me, easily my favorite character. My favorite too. Easily. She's everyone's favorite character. I mean, well, I can't say everyone, but out of my friends, the only, per the only time I hear this is my favorite character is about her. She is absolutely hilarious. Um, to describe her, she is... She has a very brash approach to everything, I would say. Pretty much, and she's completely oblivious. She doesn't realize how annoying she is to the people around her. And what's also hilarious is that Sakura just doesn't get it either. And it's like, oh, I know, there's a girl who's pretty flashy. See that girl who's being chased outside right now? Nozaki is like, ah, oh, popular character. And imagine this girl being chased by all the guys that are in love with her. And then he looks out and sees Yuzuki, Seo, just booking it, like just intensely running while the teachers and guidance, while a teacher and a guidance counselor, I think, are just chasing after her. And is like, get back here. You're not getting away from us today. And it's just, Nozaki just has this, his reaction is fantastic. And yeah. And so, like, for example, she'll say things without realizing, you know, how it annoys people. Like, for example, one of her classmates comes up and says, Hey, look, look, I worked really hard and bought this bag. It was really expensive. And then Seo is just, Oh, oh, that's really nice. Oh, um, but you know, this bag, the old guy that lives next to me has the same one too. You're bad twins. <laughs> and then, yeah. And I just love Sakura's like, for some reason, people get mad at Yuzuki really easily. I have no idea she why. She, 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 lacks, she has zero tact. Yeah, and Nozaki's like, she's not doing it on purpose. What I think is really extra funny about this, though, is that this character trait that her personality is built around was actually originally um, one of Nozaki's character traits. Like, you know, to kind of show how, you know, how he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy to make a popular shoujo manga. Like when she's comparing the, you know, delicate sensibility and gorgeous visual, eh, gorgeous visuals of the manga, you then cut to all the guys in Nozaki's class freaking out over a cockroach and Nozaki just smashes it with his shoe. Oh yeah, that was funny. Or someone who presents a young maiden's heart so gracefully can be called the spokesperson for girls' hearts everywhere, followed by Inoue. Your bra's showing, so you should put a jacket on. It's like, how can you say it like that? You really have no tact at all. It's hilarious, but that character trait doesn't really, you know, that doesn't really carry forward for him. Like, he develops further beyond that as a character, and then Sale basically, takes over that as personality aspect. And I'm really glad for it, because Sale is fantastic. She's just, she's the best. Like, you'll find out that she's used as, you know, the basketball team uses her to practice, you know, playing against really bad, mean opponents. And also learning, you know, as a, uh, you know, as an object lesson in teamwork and things like that. We're like, huh, she's like, I really run off on my own a lot, like, like she is. I really ought to stop doing that. <laughs> and, yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah. She's pretty much fantastic, and I love how Nozaki's like, I figured out her character, and Sakura's, well, I haven't told you anything yet, and she's like, she's oblivious. 
Yeah, like, pretty uh, much. <laughs> Nozaki, normally you wouldn't introduce a friend and go, she's oblivious. Besides, that's not really someone who fits in a shoujo manga, right? He's like, I see then, she's good at sports and oblivious. He's like, Nozaki-kun, drop the oblivious part. <laughs> and then, of course, we find out, because this is a well-written manga with well-written characters, we see that there is more to her than the, you know, than the surface character. Very much like how Mikoshiba was, here he is on the surface, and then here he is, and here's the twist on his character. With Seo, it's she's the annoying as heck girl, or just, well, yeah, just annoying as heck person. Honestly, Nozaki's um, reaction to her is actually the most unrealistic, because... Uh -huh. Actually, liking someone like her, even if the girl's just, um... Well... You wouldn't get far. You, you just lose your patience. Well, yeah, and not only... Well, not only that, but it's <laughs> well, just... in comedy words, it's just funny. Yeah. Well, she's a good example of, you know, how characters that work in fiction would not necessarily be people you would like in real life. Yeah. Like, you know, some of my favorite characters in video games are... I like them because, you know, they're complete jerks. And it's funny watching them be complete jerks. But then I was like, if I knew this person in real life, I don't think I'd have the, you know, I don't think I would have the patience to get to know them well enough to the point where I get to know who they are underneath the snark. But then again, some of my real life friends are massively snarky, so maybe I would, but anyway. And that's actually funny thing. I'm not sure we'll cover this up a little later on. But, oh yeah, I think we are, but um, it's going to come later on where it's going to be mentioned that, um, or it already has been mentioned, but you know, all of them, Nozaki's characters are pretty much based off people that he know that he met and known. <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah, all the. So, so like, oh. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah, you mean the characters in his manga are based yes. off of people he meets. Yeah, and it's hilarious where you know he needs a character model because otherwise he just draws the face that's easiest for him to draw, which is the face <laughs> of his protagonist. <laughs> and so you end up with protagonist, rival, friend. Why are y'all Suzuki's? <laughs> yeah, it's like ask three Suzuki's. It's like which one of us do you want, Mommy Cohen? It's just like, does it really matter? <laughs> but yeah, getting back to Sale. Um, like I said, every good character has a twist it to them. Uh, I was trying to say. Uh, Yuzuki, and then I, but I was also trying to say Seo, so I, was, I started saying Suzuki, and I'm like, oh, huh, never noticed that. Anyway, Seo, her quirk or her twist is that she is an absolutely fantastic singer. Like, we're talking Belladonna opera levels of, you know, good. Although Nozaki is like, she's a complete fraud. There's no way this isn't real. <laughs> And then, of course, the, his imagination of how they became friends, how Sakura and Seo became friends, you know. At first, they were rivals and couldn't understand her, but then they became friends when they competed in the, in the athletic sport, um, what was it, athletic school festival. He's like, yes, female friendships are all about conflict. I get that. Sakura's like, should I tell him? It's just because our seats were next to each other. <laughs> so it's stuff like that, you know. He's making, you know, again, making fun of the tropes. That is the trope. From conflict comes friendship. But in real life, it's mostly, you know, we sat next to each other, so we talked to each other the most. And there you go. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. I, I tried actually doing that. Um, real life experience, it failed. Yeah. Fair just be quiet, stare at them, like for a second, and then look away. Uh, Mo. No, I see, no, I'm kidding, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> 
No, yeah. I mean, most of my friendships when I was in high school, they started because I was like, oh, there's a seat free here. Oh, look, that guy has Lord of the Rings on his folder. Sweet. I must talk to them. But, yeah, so from there, it was like, yeah. But then, of course, we discover that Sale becomes a character in the manga, and she is... Well, the introduction of the character is a completely... a guy that's completely tactless, and girls want to punch him. (laughs) (laughs) That's relevant enough. And I love that it's, like, just Sakura, like, you know, finding out that that Mikoshiba has a friend who is known as the prince of the school, and immediately she's like, oh, no, the model for the hero for Mamiko is getting friendly with another guy and just runs off, and she's, but but Mamiko already has Suzuki-kun, and she just runs off. It's like, Mikorin, you hussy! (laughs) She was like, Why? And then, of course, it's like, he's flirting with another boy when he already has a boyfriend. And poor Mikoshiba is completely confused. He's like, wait! He's like, I don't have a boyfriend! (laughs) And then we discover the next character, which is Kashima, the prince of the school. Oh, actually, before we do that, do you have anything else you wanted to add about, um, Sale? She's she's too perfect. In, in, in the series, but in real life, she'd probably be the most imperfect person in the world. Yeah. One of the most imperfect people <laughs> in the world. Even I, who tend to have a high, have a pretty high tolerance for, you know, quirks, especially annoying quirks. Like, you know, I'm pretty laissez-faire, you know. Okay, so what if this person has an annoying quirk, they're not a bad person kind of approach to people. Interappearance. There you go. Is why she's the best character. I'm, I'm certain that has something to do with it, but frankly, <laughs> it's it's honestly this is entirely a case of liking a character for their personality because it's just well, the, yeah. Well, the thing the thing with Sailor Yuzuki is that if he, you you could probably put her well, I don't want to put put her in every kind any kind of manga, but she just always brings a conflict, especially if it's funny, and it never yeah. leaves a boring. Yeah, I yeah. The thing the thing is is that ultimately. In this manga, your favorite characters will be tied into how often they make you laugh. And she is tied into a lot of the funniest things that happen. But we'll get into that a bit later. For now, let's go into Kashima. Like I said, the prince of the school. Who also happens to be a girl. <laughs> I literally thought Kashima was going to be a guy. And honestly. that's again, that's again a case of... And then I saw the... the... I was like, oh, wait. wait yeah. this is... And the funny thing <laughs> is, is that Kashima is... The same, you know, is she's introduced as the same kind of character as Mikoshima. Mikoshima is the flirty pretty boy, or the bad boy. Well, the flirty bad boy pretty boy. Kashima is more of the flirty pretty boy, doesn't really have the bad boy element to it. But again, there's a twist to her character archetype in that she is a girl. And the reaction is, oh, what a relief, he wasn't cheating with a boy. And <laughs> she was like, wait, you know I don't have a boyfriend, right? And then we, uh, yeah, and so we find out that Kashima is in the drama club, and Sakura thinks that, oh, she's called the prince of the school because she acts, and it's like, well, that's part of it, but it turns out that Kashima is a, com- is a massive, massive flirt. Like, she flirts with all of the girls, <laughs> and the girls absolutely love her, and all the guys are the ones, it's the boys that call her the prince, because she's the only person that can naturally say things like, Oh, 
Did you change your shampoo? It's like, oh, yeah, is it weird? No. For a moment I thought a rose fairy had come to visit and says it with a straight face. Something Mikoshiba just can't do. <laughs> Which, as we later on find out, that Miko Mikoshiba and Kashima become friends because they competed and Mikoshiba lost in every aspect. Academics, sports, courage, and conversation skills. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, and now we're totally friends. And it's like, you never stood a chance, did you, Mikuri? Because you were just standing in, in, in the panel with a conversation skill, just holding a book open and staring at it. Yeah, and it's like a <laughs> book's like conversational skills. And yeah, so it's. And what's absolutely hilarious, the joke where Kashima calls all the girls princess, but it turns out it's because she can't remember all their names. It's. Uh, He's like, I haven't seen you in forever, Kashima-kun. Do you remember me? Of course, I remember your adorable face. Then say my name. Okay, then. Princess. And it's like, she's fooling them! And though what's, what's worth pointing out that I think is, is interesting is that it's never really explained or... You know, it's never, well, it's never really addressed, per se, is why... Uh, Kashima flirts with the girls. I mean, the initial thought is, okay, maybe Kashima does it because she's into girls. That's never, you know, that's never said. It's never, well, yeah, it's just never explained and never emphasized. It's just a thing that she does. And so, it's like, it's kind of interesting. It's a topic, it's a, to it's a d topic worthy of debate, I'd find, but... We'll get into, we'll maybe get into it a bit later because we have to introduce another character that first. And that character, uh, again, before we continue on, was there anything you wanted to add? Mm, no, but this kind of thing, how you what you mentioned about how it doesn't really ever explain why, how, why she first with the girls. Mm -hmm. Does that actually come up later on? Um, no. You know, there's way more volumes of the series. It never, it never does, really. It's, I don't know, it's kind of portrayed as it's just something she does. Like, she never, try, you know, she flirts with girls, but she never, you know, goes any further than that, you know? Oh. And so it's like, it's kind of, I don't know, it's, I think it's just meant to be as a, oh, hey, look at this, this is a girl, and she's flirting with all the girls, which... Or, I don't know, it's like, it's a, it's a quirk to the character, but it's never really explained. But I think, the, I think the main reason for that is because, and this is a main point that I want to bring up, is that Nozaki-kun is a very, is a very family-friendly kind of manga, right? You know, the topic, the topic of sex, just in general, whether heterosexual, homosexual, whichever. The topic of sex doesn't ever come up. And so, just want to just wanna emphasize that. I'm not saying that, oh, they don't talk about lesbians, therefore it's family-friendly. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is just sex in general, no matter what it is, is never brought up. So, it's that's why it's kind of hard to say, okay, why does, you know, what is the reasoning behind this character trait. So, just putting that out there, because I know people like to freak out anytime you talk about this. Just clarifying. Oh, grow up. Yes, grow up, people. 
I'm assuming that's what you mean and not me. Grow up. Man, shut up. <laughs> no, but yeah. So, anyway, if you want, we have a comment section um, on burninglizardstudios.com where this podcast is uploaded, or you could leave a review on iTunes, and you could say, what is your opinion as to the reason behind the flirting? Is it because of her preferences, or is it because she just... You know, I think she just doesn't know what she's doing. She is kind of oblivious, as we later find out. Yeah. <laughs> and so as we discover that, and here's the part where it maybe get a little bit controversial again. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> just diving right into possible potential controversy. Anyway, it turns out that Kashima never is very bad at showing up to, you know, the theater club meetings. And so the president, Hori, has to come and get her. And he is in... He's incredibly violent. You know, he gets really angry and he'll knee her in the side. He'll spin, spin her around in, violently in a circle by her legs because she keeps flirting and prom with girls and promising that she's going to run away from the club, drama club and, you know, come to find her. And so it's like, and then of course immediately afterwards, the joke to that is they're both um, knelt over trying not to puke while he is spun around too much and she is was spun around too much. So, all right, well here is, and I think we'll take a moment to discuss this because this is um, something worth discussing because I think <clears throat> this may be a sticking point for some people. Yeah. So, the basic is that for many people, violence against female characters is distasteful, which mostly, I believe, comes from the fact that it is incredibly distasteful. In Well, distasteful is not the right word. It is absolutely atrocious and awful when it happens in real life. So for some people seeing it in fiction, in a manga that may, you know, remind them of the real, you know, when this happens in real life, which can cause some, you know, can cause some people to find this very much not funny. Um, I believe that the intention is that it's very much, it's part of how the author likes to twist things. Because yeah, 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 yeah. the twisting thing, like, um, like <clears throat> the way I'm seeing it, you could, if you took the genders of the of the of the characters and switch and reverse them around, mm -hmm. it would actually fit more. But the author intentionally put the put them into the genders that they are mm -hmm. to make it work. Yeah, and I think, and I think part of the uh, the idea is that I'm not sure whether this is the intention or what it is, but it's a very common trope in manga for girl punches guy whenever he's being stupid. It, it's very common. You get it in... Oh, it makes sense. I mean, you know, if, if people are being stupid, you want to smack them. Well, yeah, exactly. And often it is the girl smacking the guy, because that feels a little more funny. Usually along the lines of, the in the manga, the guy is stronger than the girl. So it's funny when she hits him, because he is physically more powerful. But she's Although, the one doing the hitting. Studies or, have shown that guys are genetically... Stronger than girls, which well, is why it just doesn't. Which is why it's really hard to take when you see a guy 
Here's the girl Ingrid's in meant to be funny, because Ingrid's holding back. What, what if he's just trying to be funny, but he has to go way too hard? Right. And, well, unless the comedy has to just send the sent flying, it'd be funny, uh, but... Yeah. You know, well, real life, it would not actually go well at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, disregarding real life, just in yeah. a manga context, which is what this is parodying, is that, you know, say, for example, um, any in One Piece, anytime Nami hits Luffy, it's like, you know for a fact that he is much more powerful than her by a significant margin. And if the <laughs> roles were reversed, it would end incredibly poorly for her. But when you see the character who in that context is physically weaker than the guy, then it's funny. Because you know he's not going to do anything because, you know, he can take it essentially, I guess, is the idea. Whether that's right, whether that's wrong, depends on your own personal point of he's view. He's made a robber and he's attacking his spear. Don't worry about well, it. Well, yeah, but I mean when it's done with other characters as well. But the basic idea is that, you know, that's the analysis that I have of why that's a trope, I'm not saying good, bad, whatever. I'm just saying you can, of course, everyone draws their own conclusions from that. That's just the reason I believe why it is so common. And so what we have is a twist on that by having it be the girl that is the, um, that is the um, recipient of the comedic violence. And I think what I, I've tried to figure out why, well, that's the, that's the question is like, not necessarily. It's funny, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing any cold of heart and no dark heart in this at all. Yeah. It's funny. She acts stupid, she says something stupid about her, about Hori's, about Hori. He gets, he gets pretty upset because he hits mm. too close to home all the time and he beats the crap out of her. Yeah, and I think... The thing is, is that what I'm trying to approach it in a, con in a context that people that are, you know, that their initial reaction is, this is terrible, this isn't funny, how dare you laugh. I'm trying to approach it and explain it in a way that I believe that it works. Um, the basic idea is that, I think the main thing is, comedic violence is only comedic if the character can walk it off, is yeah. the idea. Like, if a girl, like, if a character, like, say, usually a girl punches usually a guy, the guy's fine. You know, maybe he has a giant bruise or a comedic lump on his head, but he's fine. Or she, punch, or she punches him in the gut. Yeah, it's like there's a massive difference between Nami punching Luffy versus, um, versus, uh, Akainu punching Luffy. Oh, boy, I don't Well, you know, you know, there's a massive difference, namely... Yeah. One of them would kill him. The other one won't. And so that's what he is using. And this is a technique to making violence comedic. Like, mm -hmm. for example, the classic, Tom and Jerry. Mm -hmm. Maybe Tom gets cut in half. But then in the next scene, Tom is completely fine. Mm -hmm. Right? And in this case, it's... <clears throat> Hori comes in in a very... <laughs> Like, very violent way, because Kashima is coughing up blood from it, and has blood running down the side of her lip, after he knees her in the stomach and is dragging her away, and then immediately after that, she is completely fine. You know? And so, I think that's part of the <clears throat> technique that is used to make it work, is the fact that it doesn't actually harm her. Like, she 
she's fine within the next panel, or she doesn't actually react to it emotionally. It's a part that comes later on. Um, it's not in this volume, it's in volume two, but I'll bring it up now just, you know, as, to dis as part of the discussion, is that where, you know, she's got, she's got like, you know, bandages and stuff on her face, and Mikoshiba's like, uh, what on earth happened? This looks a little more serious than usual, and she's like, huh, really? Well, you know, oh, by the way, did you know, I did, whiteboards are actually really good projectile weapons, I didn't know that. And it's like she's so blasé about it. Like, and I think that's what it off, that ultimately, no matter what, that's what it comes down to, is the actions, the seriousness of any action in manga depends on the character's reaction, okay? If we took the exact same scene <clears throat> of a guy violently kneeling a girl in the stomach, and after that she is on the ground in searing pain, crying, bleeding. Yeah, there are manga out there like that, so, you know, yeah. those don't actually do not... Those are not funny. <laughs> they're not funny. They, they're meant to make you piss. Yeah, it's like, you know, a scene like that would be absolutely awful. It'd be terrible to read. It'd be terrible to see because it shows real violence, real-life violence, and real-life consequences to the violence to a character that you often, usually, very much in the majority of the time, like 99.99% .99 of the time, didn't deserve it, okay? And so there, it's like, you know, there, it's horrible. But if you see the exact same scene, and then the reaction is, yeah, whatever, I'm just going back to flirting with girls like before, that has more chances of being funny. Not everyone will find it funny, but it is being built in a way that it's meant to be comedic. Which, for some people, works. For some people, doesn't. So far, out of the people that have read it, I have not had anyone say, really comment on this in any way. I can mm -hmm. identify it as something that could be potentially problematic for some people, but I've not had anyone actually come out and say, no, I couldn't read the manga because of this part. And so, you know... And it's <laughs> it's uh, equal opportunity slapstick, shall we say? Yes, equal opportunity. I want to say that at some point. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then, yeah, and then of course, carrying on, we get a little know a little bit more about Hori, and he's very much the well, I don't know. He's a he's an in, he's a fun character, but he has the fewest quirks, I think. Like. He's, he's very, the shortest guy. Yeah, he's very serious. He's very sensitive about his height. Um, and he has an absolutely massive temper where it comes to Kashima. Um, <laughs> and one of, the, one of my favorite comedic moments is... And it, and it shows... Uh, let's see. Uh, the scene... And it is happened, it's used many times. But the first time we see it is where... Sakura is talking to Hori, who she has discovered is one of Nozaki's assistants. And she, because she recognizes a symbol that he drew that he uses to indicate where to draw in the beta. And she says, uh, she asks him, um, Hori, are you briefs? And then Kashima, who has no idea what's oh, yeah, going on, one. hears that and he's like, wait, what? And he's, and Hori is like, don't tell me, you too? Sakura says, yes. <laughs> and Kashima's like, you wear them? 
And so Kashima completely misinterprets what's going on. This happens many times over the series. And she's, so she interprets this as, oh, Hori likes it when you, discuss, when you discuss underwear. And of course it doesn't go well for her. And it's... Oh yeah, that, that figure's hilarious. <clears throat> it is, it is absolutely funny. So it's, this again, this is a manga, and frankly, the one discussion that we had about the dynamic between Hori and Kashima is going to be the only time that there ever will be anything, I feel, that anyone could label as potentially problematic, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's, you know, it's got a nice track record, shall we say. And let's see, we also are introduced to Ken, Sam, his editor, which is... Yeah, which Nozaki is a really, really big fan of. He finds that my editor is more important than my than a girlfriend. Sakura is like, "What's your editor like?" Uh, let's see, a really cool adult. And so Sakura imagines this. He very, mainly thinks of a woman. <laughs> yep, a woman. You know, a businesswoman wearing a suit and a very, very sexy woman, to the point where one might even be, "Darn it, dialogue, get out of the way. I need to calm down. Me. Calm down now. Never. No." I am joking. Please understand that many of my things I say are for comedic purposes. Just covering my ass right now. <laughs> Just in case someone decides, I am offended by everything you say. Especially that point where you made up a stupid sounding voice to make fun of a straw hat version of, a straw man version, son of a bitch, a straw no, man, man version yeah. of me. Anyway. Well, now I just thought of a new devil fruit power. That already exists. I know. <laughs> but yeah, really so... Oh, yeah, done. Yeah, what was the name? Hawkins. But anyway... Oh, um, dang. Yeah, so anyway, Sakura's like, but I, then I might have a chance in ten years, and then it turns out that Ken is just uh, is a guy, short and a bit chunky. And Sakura's like, I'll never stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, before we go on, did you have anything else you wanted to add in regards to Hori or... Anything about that? Mm, no, well, no, not really. Hori really didn't have much to him, like you said. Mm. Yeah, he's... Some of his quirks come in later on. Um, it's not here, but it. his main quirk is that he gets really angry at Kashima's behavior, but he actually really, really likes her. Like, it's always kind of like, wait, does he like her in a romantic way? Does she like him in a romantic way? It's never clearly stated, but the two of them are, at, despite their, you know, despite their um, interaction, are actually pretty close. He really likes, thinks she's an absolutely fantastic actor, and she really looks up to him. But you're just like, wait, okay, is it, um, I don't know, is it like, is this romantic? Is it not romantic? What is it? It's very ambiguous, which is why I brought up the whole the idea of why does Kashima flirt with girls because a lot of her interaction with Hori is very much a it's ambiguous but I could interpret it in a certain way that maybe would be romantic or maybe not and so again that comes up to per each person's individual interpretation which is why I think people should discuss that in the comments but anyway moving on to Ken he's basically blunt taciturn and possibly doesn't actually like Nozaki. But Nozaki is a huge fan of him. How ironic. 
Yeah, pretty much. Which, yeah, which, as you find out, <laughs> you find out that the reason for that is because of his previous editor, Mayano, who is basically the worst editor. He reminds me of a certain fictional editor from Bakuman. He's worse. Yeah. He's worse. <laughs> he's worse than really, that. he's worse. Oh, well, he's a, he's in a he's an exaggeration and a parody. Oh, but he's meant to be the look. Here is the editor that doesn't actually know how to do their job, and just has stupid suggestions, which I'm sure is pro is okay. definitely not the manga artist venting in any way. <laughs> and so. But yeah, so both of them are great foils upon each other. And also the fact that he is... Mayano is the catalyst for a lot of jokes. Like, Nozaki changing his stories just because he wa didn't want to hear Mayano say, Oh, that was my idea, wasn't it? And it's, it's hilarious. I love it. So, And then we find out that he just loves Tanuki. And there's Tanuki in a certain artist in every single, you know, manga that she does. They're in Tanuki. The Tanuki are there. <clears throat> School love comedy, otherworld fantasy, historical. The Tanuki is always there. Sakura's like, it travels through space and time, doesn't it? This Tanuki. And it's like, it's like it gives you the chills. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> and then, of course, my... <laughs> my favorite joke is like, it's almost summer, so it's all about the pool, the ocean, summer festivals. And then Nozaki's manga is, I'm really looking forward to summer break. Then... Two months later, it's fall. <laughs> he just completely <laughs> skips over a season because there is nothing he can do anymore that won't have the editor try to claim credit for it. And, yeah, so do you have any, uh, I don't know. I absolutely love the editors. Both of them are hilarious in their own right and they're parodies of different, you know, different personality types that I'm certain the, the author of this manga has run into. Possibly, yes. But it, it is kind of funny that to, to 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 just you know like like point out how there's an editor that just wants you to put just want put this particular thing in there all the time. And then you go and then you know like like um the manga industry, it's like the <clears throat> the new mangaka, whatever they come across, come across as editor, tell them to do this, do that. And then the people who read those mangas, who who read in the the magazines, they go, wait a minute, I've seen this before. Read back. Oh. From here, it's it's mostly the same as the same same editor problem. Yep, most likely. <laughs> it's <clears> like <throat> he leaves his fingerprints wherever wherever he goes. He is the manga version of Kilroy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and I. Yeah, and then of course we now that we've got we've got a good chunk of the cast introduced. A lot of these cha the chapters in the first volume are the introductions of the uh, ancillary cast members. Then we get to some of the, an example of some of the themed chapters. Like the one where um, Mikoshiba and Nozaki stay at Nozaki's place and play dating, a dating oh sim. Oh my god, that was my favorite. Oh, I cannot remember what I read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just like Mikoshiba used it, you know, used dating sims to learn how to talk to girls. And then he's like, and then he, I he moved failing. From, yeah. And then I moved from 2D to 3D, and it's an anime figure. And it's like, isn't this just getting further and further from reality? <laughs> and then you get to see Nozaki, who just does not give a crap, playing the game. And 
he goes through, and it's just all the jokes, like, oh, I'll do this girl's path. And it's like, she looks like Sakura. Could it possibly be that you? And then he's like, her plot line is supposed to be the best one. It says on the web. And he's like, don't read spoilers. Well, Nozaki did exactly what I would do anyway, to be honest. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Nozaki, who knows how to how guys and girls interact in shoujo manga, tries to do it in the in the game, and it doesn't work. But then it works in real life with Sakura, because Sakura is a Nozaki fangirl. Yep. And then, uh, the absolute, of course, the absolute best part is when they realize that the, ca- the friend character, who's there as a game mechanic to tell you your stats and stuff, and every once in a while he'll show up, and Nozaki is like, huh, He's like, why is he so? Why is Tomoda so devoted to me? What in the world does he get out of it? And it's like, like that even matters at this point. No, wait, I know he has feelings for the main character. And it's like, <laughs> okay, that would make an entirely different game. <laughs> and then they're just like, like, now that you know, now that you keep going on about it, I'm starting to wonder. And he's like, okay, I'll take it seriously. And then it shows all these crucial scenes with Tomoda showing up, like you know, randomly walking with the, you know, with the girl to school, taking the fall for him in the field, during the field trip, so he can go be with the girl. Um, the climax, where he convinces the protagonist, you have to go after the girl, you love her, don't you? And then the graduation. These three years just flew by. I'm so glad I met you. <laughs> just Nozaki and Mikoshiba just absolutely in tears, it's like, Tomoda! It's like, you I gave... can't believe Tomoda was probably the best one. <laughs> It's like, even even I, who was like, I'm not even playing the game, I'm reading a manga about them playing the game, they care about the character. And it's like, you sacrificed three whole years for the main character, you need your own love. Like, okay, we need to draw Dojinshi to give him his happy ending. Alright, let's start with his partner. The person he was always with, who he showed extraordinary affection for was, and then, gasp, the main character. And then the next day, Sakura shows up, and they're absolutely passed out because they pulled an all-nighter, and she sees the manga they drew, and sees it's the protagonist confessing, confessing his love to Tomoda, and Sakura's like, seriously, what happened here? I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then moving on, and we get, oh, another absolutely fantastic joke is the one where you get to see the new manga. It's a by the by the manga artist who has who has the editor that loves Tanuki, she ends up doing a murder mystery, and then it turns out that the Tanuki is the victim. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a get, and then we get a joke of those terrible what happens in the next chapter, you know, um, tags that are added to manga chapters. And Nozaki's like, oh wow, this is this is the story is really interesting. It's like ah. The retreating figure of the killer that only the main character saw. I'll have to read the next. And then you see, next time, the killer is shown to be Yamamoto-san. Nozaki yes, just Mike, no, Why don't you not do that for yeah. one? And it's just... <laughs> Nozaki mean, just chucks the manga at the floor. And I'm like, yes. Yes. I mean, you maybe you don't get it if you don't read manga. But as a reader of manga, I'm like, yes, thank you. And of course, you find out that Maino was the culprit behind that. And we get to meet, um, yeah, Yukari Miyako, a fellow manga artist and college girl. And she is the author of the Tanuki manga. All of them. Personality to her? 
Um, Other than she, just being forced to draw the Tanaki all the time. She doesn't have much of a personality, really. And that's why it's hard to remember her. It's, yeah, I mean, she's she's nice. She's a bit of a pushover, is yeah. the thing. It's like, her personality is she's the mature, older woman, basically. Well, not older, she's in college, but older than the character, the main characters in this manga. And so, younger than me. <sighs> I'm getting old. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, she doesn't... They stay have... the same age, we don't. Yeah. The thing about Yukari is that she's the most stable. She's mm -hmm. the most well-adjusted. If any of these characters were, you know, were real people in the real world, I think she would probably be the one that, lack of interesting, quirky personality aside, I'd be like, you know what? You seem like a good influence to have in my life because you're not insane. Don't tell her she's insane or she will go insane. Yeah. And, yeah, and the, the main quirk about her is that she, she's put upon by her editor and constantly be having to put in things she doesn't want, but she always thinks of, re of the wrong reasons why she doesn't want to. Like, if the editor says, you should put in an elephant next... She says, the elephant's so big, I can't put any backgrounds in. And they're like, that's not the problem. <laughs> and, yeah. And so, and then we get to meet Mayano in the flesh. And it's, of course, he is as annoying as we've been told. He's like, oh, you knew, oh, Nozaki, no, you knew I was coming, so you came to get some advice. That just won't do. You can't keep clinging to your former editor forever. It's time to grow up, okay? And Ozaki just stands up with, like, murder in his eyes, and Sakura's trying to hold him back. He's like, calm down, be the adult! And, yeah, and by all... Ozaki the author channeling him herself through Nozaki Very likely, yes. Possibly. Yeah, I think the main thing, what makes Maino so hilarious is that he's so incredibly self-absorbed. Like, really self-absorbed. I can... Everyone that knows him, like, the people that interact or interact with him on a, you know, on a frequent basis, they hate him. And I'm like, yeah, I'd probably hate this guy too if I knew him in real life. And it's like, he's hilarious. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, what are your opinions on Mayano as we get to know him here? Well, he is hilarious, but I would not want to meet him in person. Mm-hmm. He, he's not... He's the editor that will run you into the ground. He's probably the editor that would just say, "Hey, hey, this is what's popular. You should do this," and say, or, or, um, or you know, just like, "How about you, you do this?" And 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 people will like it. Why? Because I believe so. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's not how it works. You don't just do this because what that's what you think people will like. You do because it's what you want to do, and you just work around knowing what the audience likes, so you can try and you know make it like something you like. But at the same time, hopefully, the audience will like it too. Mm -hmm. There's also the fact, you know, there's also the fact that um, it's, he just doesn't have a sense of what's good, you know, in manga. That too, that too. So, and let's see. And then, let's see, the last chapter is basically Nozaki trying to write a scenario for, you know, a play script for Kashima. Because Hori is, he works as Nozaki's assistant so that Nozaki can write plays for their um for their club 
because there aren't very many that have the type of character that Kashima excels at. And so, you know, so it's a little bit like Hori is there. He is, you know, he is doing work for Kashima's sake so that she can have something to act, you know, something to act. And, yeah, so that's basically Volume 1. Not much to say about that chapter specifically. It's funny like all of them, but it doesn't really stand out among the crowd, as it were. So, did you have anything you wanted to say about Volume 1 before we move on to Volume 2? No. Well, actually, okay. Other than that, it's a, it's a good opener to, you know, it, it introduces just about most of the characters that we're going to get to know. And I'm sure there'll be more characters appear down the line, but it introduces the ones that, you know, that, that kind of give an idea of what we're in for. Right. And well, it, has, it, has, it has its own share of comedy that subverts a lot of the things we're used to in manga. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Now, if I, if I wasn't forcing you to read it, how likely would you be to move on to Volume 2 from Volume 1? Um, see, that's a hard thing. Uh, I don't tend to read, like, I'm not sure if this is called a gag manga, but it's a four, it's a four comma panel sort of comic. And those were not really using my thing. I used to like to read Battle Shonen or Shonen or Seinen. You know, something that has more than just, like, more panels, but definitely not manga. I don't think it's, okay, I don't think it's manga, except I don't like, I don't like uh, reading web comics. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, they have more than just web comics. They have some like straight-up manga-like. But, yeah, that's a different topic. But, yeah, the thing that I find is that it's a four-panel manga, but it's not like your typical one. Like, for example, Azumanga Dial, where it's two strips per page, right? This one, the strip, the panels take up the entire page, so you get a wide... It's like a, it's like the four-panel manga widescreen. Like, you get a bigger view of, you know, just... You get a wider view. You get to see more clearly things aren't as uh, as cramped. And what I like about that is it's a good interme intermediate manga for people that are used to reading one type of manga but want to kind of transition to the other. Um, if people that are more used to reading your typical manga, which have, you know, you know, a more dynamic panel layout that takes up the entire page, um, as opposed to this, that is, it takes up the entire page, but it's very strictly structured, you know? And so it it incorporates a little bit of both worlds. It incorporates the, you know, the, you know, four, you know, four beat structure of a comic strip with the, you know, wider field of view of a regular, of a comic or a graphic novel or a manga. And so for that, it's like, you know, for someone that's, that prefers to have a large, you know, have the panels take up the entire more space, it's good for them to move from that to for Koma Manga, and for someone that's going the opposite direction, it slowly widens the point, the perspective to the point where you're more used being, you're more used to be able to, you know, uh, read. I'm not even sure what I'm trying to say anymore, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it it just, it's an it's an in between. It's the iPad Mini of Apple devices, shall we say, where it's like. It's not quite a phone, it's not quite a lot, an uh, iPad, but it's in between. So, anyway, 
Bo, did you have anything you wanted to add in regards to the panel layout and such? Take that as a note. Let's go move on to volume two. Um, also, before we do that, I think it is kind of worth pointing out a little bit is that so far the manga volumes have a very nice um, <clears throat> have a very nice um, color scheme to them, design to the volumes. The first one is they're all the majority of it is white. It's a lot of white space, um, and then characters or character on the front. But what it also does is it carries over a has a very strong color theme to it. The first one being green, where anything that isn't the colors of the character and black is done in green. And so, and you're on the back, you'll have green, you have like the logo in green, the um, extra information like the Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr logos, the rating in green, and yeah, with num volume two, what we get is we get that same thing, um, the logos and the tumbler and such and the rating are in red, it's red flowers, but what's also in, in nice here is that the characters on the cover, in the first one it's Nozaki, and the second one it's Sakura and Mikoshiba, who both have, re who are both red-haired, um, in, you know... Mikoshiba's case, it's straight up the red of the roses and the paint and the color on the cover. In Sakura's, she has orange-colored hair, but, or as I like to call it, real-world red hair. <laughs> and she has red bows. So it's a very strong, it's very strong, well-designed, very strong color theme going through. But moving on to Volume 2, which is chapters 11 through 20. And we have... We start off with, I think, the first one is... Oh, yeah, also worth pointing out is that there are color pages um, or sort of color inserts at the front that are of a more glossy color. And for some reason, there's extra chapters... Uh, not extra chapters, extra pages printed on the inside of the covers, which is kind of interesting. It saves a bit of paper and, I don't know, kind of works. I like it. It also cuts down on the amount of... ad. Actually, honestly, there's no advertisement whatsoever in either of these volumes. Which, frankly, for the $13 price point, that's highly appreciated. Um, and worth pointing out, this is $13 per volume. That's more than your average um, Shonen Jump manga, and more than your average um, Kodansha manga. Yen Press tends to be a little more pricey. They tend to have a, more, a less mainstream audience but they make up for it in quality. Yes, there's less content per volume. The thinner, there's fewer pages, um, and the pages are all, you know, four-panel you know, four pages. Uh, but they do, yeah, they give us color in the front, which is so very rare. We never get color in any kind of manga volume. And so it, it's never a page. It's just like a cover, like an in, a chapter insert illustration and such. And so that's nice. And of course, in the back, unlike many other manga where they have to put in ads to make up for, you know, for their other products or to make up for the fact that they, you know, that they have to, that they're selling it at a cheaper price. Like, especially we're talking older Shonen Jump manga. More recent Shonen Jump manga, do they do that as much? Uh, 
No, they don't do it. Uh, newer manga doesn't do it as much, I've noticed. That's nice, but older manga definitely had a lot of advertisements in them. So, with this one, it's nice that there's nothing like that whatsoever. So, but anyway, moving on to the actual Volume 2. The first bit that we have to discuss is Nozaki and Sakura going out, not on a date, but on basically just to hang out. And we get to see again, once again, the, <laughs> the case of people overhearing something and completely misunderstanding. When Nozaki asks Sakura to put on the sailor's suit and let him take pictures. <laughs> like, we know it's for reference. People listening thinks it's some sort of kinky fetish roleplay. <laughs> and of course, Sakura completely refuses. They find Mikorin in the, you know, in the bishojo figure girl figures or the pretty girl figures section. <laughs> Got Nozaki deciding to buy one, except he buys a guy as a drawing reference. And then they go through just buying, you know, art supplies and stuff. And then, they, <laughs> and then Nozaki gets Sakura a gift, and she's so happy about it, and then she sees it's a sailor suit. And he's like, you go ahead and use it right now. And she's like, no way! <coughs> <coughs> Pardon. Yeah, did you have anything to add on that chapter? Oh, yes, yeah, the sailor suit. That, um, I believe that becomes a bit of a running gag for the rest of the volume. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's a good sense, you know, he knows... <laughs> Knows how to use a good running gag. And, let's see, moving on. And let's see, we get some more, you know, editor shenanigans. with Where we see how Mayano and Nozaki met up. And then we also get to see that due to his interaction with the editor, that Suzuki may not be... His first drafts kind of suck. <laughs> like, some of his ideas are kind of awful. And then it turns out he was just doing it just a joke, but he didn't actually put together any any material to actually work with, so their entire meeting was pointless. So, yeah. It's funny. It's like, I was so busy coming up with jokes that I forgot about it. Is that, get out of here! <clears throat> yep. And of course we get to see that Mayano has absolutely no sense when he sees one of Nozaki's terrible ideas and says, oh wow, this looks amazing. <laughs> oh my, you know, you... It's funny, when, when Mayo says it looks amazing, Nozaki's like, this is terrible, I gotta change it. <laughs> yep, pretty much. It's how he knows, yeah, it's how he knows whether something's quality or not. <laughs> and, yep, and we get introduced to another character. It is, let's see, uh, Wakamatsu, who ah, is... Yes. Etsy, he is the last, well, he's the last of the main cast that gets introduced. He gets introduced a little bit later. He is a junior, and who is in the basketball club, and is absolutely terrified of Sale. She's constantly going, it's like she joins the boys' basketball teams and is incredibly violent, to the point where the boys are constantly running away, trying to run away from the ball. Wakamatsu would think anyone that likes Seo Yuzuki outside the manga is crazy. Yeah. They just look at this and go, are you crazy? Yep. And the no. Fun <laughs> the funny You're crazy. Yeah, the funny thing is, I kind of ship it. Like, she focuses on him, and so you're kind of wondering, wait, does she like him, or is she just, you know, or does she hate him and give him a hard time? And so 
he's having trouble sleeping, and then he hears a recording of Sales singing, and it puts him to sleep. So, and in order to keep that, in order to get the music so that he can sleep, he continues to help Nozaki with his manga. And then we get another character introduced to the manga that perfects the uh, dynamic that uh, the Seo-inspired character does, and it's a girl inspired by Wakamatsu, who absolutely hates that character, but has, but there's a guy that she really loves, who is always calling her anonymous, anonymously and cheering for her. And Sakura's like, ah, oh, she says that, but the boy on the phone is the guy she hates. I can't wait till she finds out the truth. And it's like, he's like, I will do everything in my power to prevent that. <laughs> and it's like, he's talking about real life, but yeah. And then, let's see, I think one of my, I think one of my favorite, absolutely favorite chapters is the one where Wakamatsu kind of like goes on about how, you know, Seo is like, you know, <laughs> she's always giving him a hard time and is like, she, I get the feeling she's only coming after me nowadays. And Nozaki is like, you should get angry, you know. He's like, yeah, when our eyes meet, I glare at her. And Nozaki is like, that's, that's weak. He's like, but just glaring at her would be rude, so I greet her too. He's like, that ruins it. And now when I see her, I go running at her. That just makes it look like you're happy to see her. <laughs> and it's then, of course, he's like, wait, everything I've been doing was meaningless? So he reads a manga, and it's like, it's like a shoujo manga, and it's, sees a girl being challenged to another girl, to being challenged to a duel, and Wakamatsu is like, closes the manga. It's like, all right. It's like, he's like, wait, what in the world did you get from that? Uh, Wakamatsu is probably the dumbest of the characters. Like, <clears throat> he's fun, but he's he's a complete idiot. Like, more so than most of the others. You're like, more of an idiot than Yuzuki? <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, more of an idiot than Yuzuki. Oh, Yuz wow. That's Yuzuki doesn't, she doesn't give a crap is the thing. She's oblivious, but she doesn't give a crap. She's not as dumb as um, oh, yeah. Wakamatsu, who doesn't know how to write a challenge letter, so he uses an example from a, from a shoujo manga, and it turns <laughs> out it's a love letter that he <laughs> used as an example. His first mistake was reading, was using a shoujo manga as in, to, to write a love letter. <laughs> And I absolutely love Sale's reaction where she's kind of skeeved out by the love letter. But then she still comes and sees that it's him. And it's like, yeah, that was a, that was a huge shock that you called me up here. And then he keeps trying to tell her that he's angry at her and stuff. And she just does not get it. <laughs> and then finally, and he's like, like, why do you only pick on me? And she's like, I do. Like, yes, it's only me you hit with a ball. And for some reason, you even come after me during break. You send me on errands. You make me give you massages. You only make me carry your stuff. And then you drag me off to a diner and treat me to dinner. And you bring back souvenirs only for me. And Nozaki's overlooking. He's <laughs> like, doesn't that mean she likes you? Um. Wow, well, this, guy, this guy is more oblivious. Yeah, I think I'm pretty certain that the idea is she likes him. She doesn't necessarily know she likes him. But she does. And that gets that gets some um, expanded upon later on in the series. Pardon, in the series. But I absolutely love it's just like every time Wakamatsu tries to use an example for manga, it backfires. He's like you know, he doesn't know that Se um that Seo is an amazing singer whose nickname is 
is the Lorelei of the Glee Club. And so he's like, oh, I remember that time. You know, guys will always compare girls unfavorably to other girls, and that hurts them. So he's like, you're horrible, senpai. The Glee Club's Lorelei wouldn't do that. And Nozaki is just, he just on his knees, his head in his hands, and in the anime, he's just like, Ugh. <laughs> and then, uh, then afterwards, it's like, Wakamatsu sings the praises of Lorelei and Lion, how only a kind, pure person with a serene heart could sing like that, and Nozaki is just on his side, just starting to go into the fetal position. He's just like, Ugh. and then, yeah. And I absolutely love it how he's just like, I can't live, it's like her singing helps me sleep, I can't live with her anymore, she is my goddess. And he thinks that he's hurting her by saying that. And she's just like, Waka, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> like, say those nice things you said about me again. You want to hear it again? <laughs> yep. And it's like, and then finally he uses the last example, the using a glove to challenge someone to a duel. And he pulls out these mittens, and he raises them high, and then he just gives them to her. <laughs> and he's like, here. And it's like, it's like that, what? That's not how you challenge anyone to a duel. <laughs> yeah. It's like, senpai, what should I have done? You probably shouldn't have read shoujo manga. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then uh, the, ta the only thing Seo takes from that is that he said a bunch of stuff, but it was all to hide his embarrassment over giving her a present. <laughs> Which she then uses to squash a fly. <laughs> I See, it's a chapter like this why I love Seo and why I love um, her interaction with Wakamatsu. Because he's just such an idiot. And she's so, and she's so oblivious. The two of them just, they make, they make sweet comedy together. I loved it. And so, alright, do you have anything? No, no. Alright, and let's see, moving on. The comedy pretty much explains itself. itself. Yeah. I love the next chapter where it's Nozaki basically, you know, trying to act like Mamiko would to better understand her mindset. And then you, <laughs> and then you just see him just kidnapping Kashima from all these girls. Like, right, like he gets a trolley and Is pushes their way And you're like, it's like, oh, I need to know what it feels like, you know, being a rival with girls. And he's being chased by these girls. And he's like, ah, so this is what it's like when they turn against you. So Mamiko is always fighting against this. And he has this image of her as like this badass street fighter. And he's like, huh, but this isn't, this isn't, my heart is not moved. And he's like, ah, oh, it's not new, uh, Suzuki-kun. So that's why she can take do this. Because it's for her special someone. And then he's like... Forgive me, I just can't see you as my special someone. And Kashima's like, why is it like I'm being dumped? <laughs> and, yep. <laughs> and then, in the end, he's like, they just spend, they only spend time thinking about love. They should probably study more. It's, yeah, and I love the, oh, I think one of my favorite moments is like the little extra chapter where it's, Mamiko's like, I haven't been doing great in school lately. But then I found this study aid. It covers all the important parts, so my grades went shooting up. And then Suzuki shows up. Smart girls are just wonderful. And she's like, my love leveled up too. And you just you just see Ken just hunched over the mongus, 
manuscript, his hand in the, his head in his hands, and just groaning. <laughs> he's like, uh. Well, he's not even groaning. He's just like got like that doom and gloom overcast, and it's it's I love it. It's hilarious. And then let's see. There's the chapter where Kashima discovers that all apparently all the guys read this shoujo manga, and she keeps trying to figure out what it is. And then she comes to the conclusion that it means that Hori secretly all along has wanted to play the role of the princess in their plays. And so she decides, I will help you, I will help you live your dream by leaving her skirt behind and stealing his pants so that he can wear the skirt home. Or nominating him to become the, to be the princess, which, which prompts him to chuck the whiteboard at her. And then prompts the, well, it turns out chalkboards can fly pretty far. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I love that, the exchange with, um, you know, it's just like she's constantly giving him more and more girls' clothes to wear, and he's just, like, getting furious. But then at the end, when he puts them all together, he's like, you know, these are actually, this is actually a really well-coordinated outfit. <laughs> and, <clears throat> oh, yes, the rain chapter. Oh, I love that one. That was hilarious. Yeah, where it's like, here, let's use my coat to um try and shield ourselves from the rain. And it's like, uh, they go running out, and then they run right back. It's like, it, it absorbed even more water than I thought. And then, yeah, and then you've got all the different ways of, you know, walking together under an umbrella. Nozaki's head gets stuck in the umbrella because it's Sakura holding it. And then Nozaki's like, Oh yes, the scene where the guy tips the umbrella towards the girl so it covers more of her even though he gets wet. And so he tilts the umbrella and all the water, all the water runs off it and splashes on top of Sakura's head. And she's like, Nozaki, please just hold it straight. <laughs> uh, I, and then it was like, yeah, this is pretty good. It's like, and the key line is, no matter what happens, I'll do everything in my power to protect you from the rain. And then a car splashes through a puddle and just drenches them. It's like, I'm pretty sure there was nothing I could have done about that. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, we're dry. You should change into some dry clothes. And it was like, you, maybe you should take it off. It's like, T take it off? But I don't have a change of clothes. It's just, and out comes the sailor suit. <laughs> oh, you classy, classy man. It's like, <laughs> by the way, the this is the pose for the next one piece. She's like, I'm not doing it. Why not? And then no, she thinks, why not? and then she thinks that her involvement in this scenario will give her, you know, give Nozaki an idea to write about. And then it turns out that instead it's Seo and the girl and Wakamatsu who become the focus with Seo throwing the umbrella at Wakamatsu and being all, Hey, you should, you should use that. <laughs> and, oh geez. Yeah. And, Let's see. And of course we get more Yukari and the entire comedy around her is the fact that she just can't say no and always does ridiculous stuff like putting in two Tanoki instead of one. It's like, it's like, I'm a pretty girl who excels at schools and smarts and everything. I can have any boy that I want, but I get the feeling he's different. But why? And Sakura's like, isn't it because he has a Tanuki? And then in the end, the girl is too arrogant. The guy doesn't like her. He gets a girlfriend. Meanwhile, in the background, the Tanuki end up getting together. <laughs> <laughs> Just Sakura is like, those damned mascots upstaged her. <laughs> or the, the body switching one where the guy and the girl are like, oh, wow, so this is what a skirt's that like. The, <laughs> the girl is like, oh, wow, it's so light without any breasts. 
and the Tanuki are just seriously grave. They're like, what do we do? And they're like, <laughs> why do they seem so much more serious? They don't even look any different. They don't, they don't know how you're to look like. Yeah. And of course, the, the, ti- the, you know, the mistakes in the titles, misprints, which this is the dirtiest the manga gets, honestly. I mean, I said it's a very family-friendly manga, but there are some dirty jokes. But this one is like, you know, it, misprints happen all the time. In my case, pride turned into privates. Yes, it really is all about your privates, isn't it? It's like, what are you making that girl say? Or sixth sense became sex sense. I used my sex sense. Your sex sense? It's like, they seem kind of stupid. And then the word situation in the title became affair. And it's Otsuka-kun's affair. Otsuka has a secret he can't tell anyone. And it's like, why are they all so dirty? <laughs> and then, of course, you get to see Mayano in action, where the one time she does, um, Miyako does, um, you know, give him peace of her mind, he manages to twist it around to the point where she's the one apologizing. And he's like, why is she apologizing? And then, yeah, they try to make like a completely awful character, and like, oh no, we'll just go way too far. He'll think it's terrible and realize he's being unreasonable, and then he loves it. And then, like, they got real. <laughs> and, and then after the end of it, um, uh, Nozaki is all, yes, my manga doesn't have any weird stuff. My manga is completely normal. And then he calls Ken, and he's like. My manga isn't interesting enough. Maybe I should have Suzuki do some tricks or something. He's like, what in the world are you competing with? Or the drawing of the character in the Tanuki suit that basically looks like Nozaki and Sakura just loves it. Nozaki is like, oh, she's more excited about that than the time she got my autograph? What if I do a trade me for a drawing of Suzuki? And she's like, no. Well, I'll put her in there too. And she's like, no. Is it the Tanuki? If I put them in Tanuki costumes, that'll work, right? And Sakura says, Nozaki, you need to treat your characters better. Very much. <laughs> yep. And it's like she's just so dead serious. And oh, and um, the art club with Miko Mikoshiba tr- say, telling Sakura he refuses to be a model, but as soon as somebody oh, else yeah. asks him, he just can't help but flirt and say yes. And then he's like, just standing there with his face buried in his hands. He's like, Sakura. Sakura's like, no way. Like I was hoping you could get me out of it. Sucker was like, "No way," because she's pissed because she, her, his friend asked, and he said no. But the moment some someone else asks, and then of course all the different poses, and it's like, and then Nozaki shows up, shows up and starts drawing with them, but he starts writing manga scenarios, like, "Oh hey, do you want Mikoshiba to do a pose too?" And he's like, "Oh sure." And then he poses Mikoshiba, and then he gets all the other club club members to pose, and then the art club was taken over as all the club members are posed in this group pose, and Nozaki is drawing. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the one. Oh, I love the one where he's sick, so they have to do they have to do all the um screen tones. This was really interesting because I didn't know how that was done, and then you see that it's basically. Oh, yeah. It's a screen tone with a sticky side. You stick the sticky side on, and then you cut it off. <clears throat> which, it's very interesting, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, you could probably do this digitally, and it'd be a lot easier. Yeah. Masking is something like it. Not sure what. 
And then, yeah, so we find out that Hori is too strong that he ends up not only cutting out the the screen tone, but he cuts out the figures on the page. And, yeah. And then, um, let's see. And then they don't know what the dialogue is. They have to make up their own. And then they're like, oh, what, what effects, what effects should we use? And like, I, I don't know, what, what's this girl thinking? And so like, okay, do you know a girl in your life? And both Wakamatsu and Sakura think of Seo. And so we get to see Mamiko as, dis, uh, you know, Mamiko acting like Sale, where it's like, you know, a scene where she should be, you know, heartbroken because Suzuki is talking to another girl. Instead, she's saying, really? Those two are going out? Or a scene where she's sad and Suzuki is, um, <coughs> is uh, comforting her and she's that her, inter- her inner monologue is, oh crap, I think I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> or, you know, and it should be this when she makes her entrance suckers like, not this, and they're holding up these really serious, you know, gruesome-looking backgrounds. Nori's <laughs> like, you guys don't have any decent girls in your lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, Hori decides, oh, okay, so what do we do for Suzuki? He's the handsome guy, and he immediately thinks of <laughs> Kashima. He's like, here, this one is the sparkly effect. It's like, you have to change it depending on the scene. It's like, Kashima's always sparkling, no matter what the scene. is. like, he really is like a proud papa, isn't he? And then we see the results. Where it's, like, the completely wrong, effect, <laughs> the, all the wrong script effects. The wrong background. But it's like, Mamiko is, like, introducing all happy, and there's, like, this doom and gloom background. And he's like, Suzuki-kun is so glum. And meanwhile, Suzuki's hunched over his desk, all depressed, and the background is sparkling. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, I'll have to get an extension on my deadline. <laughs> oh, this manga. Oh, and, <clears throat> yep, and that's, and that's pretty much it. There's some extra chapters there, such as Nozaki knowing Mikoshiba's schedule based on when the dating sims come out. <laughs> yeah. So that was, alright, well, that was the first two volumes of Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. If you enjoyed a podcast about us just constantly going over and telling you what the jokes are and then laughing about them, guess what? There's plenty more where that came from. Though hopefully in the future we'll be able to discuss more characters and such. This is not a manga where character motivations or plot really need much discussion. It's very much the comedy. The stories themselves are very funny, but they serve comedy. And so it is, yeah, it's very much... It's, I love this manga, it's hilarious, and there's very, very, very little that I feel that anyone could fi- could dislike about it. Not to say there isn't, aren't things that people could dislike about it, because everyone has a different reaction to everything, and we did kind of, you know, go over some of the, okay, this could potentially be something that you as a reader may dislike, and, you know, if you, if your opinions on are, you know, if your opinions in regards to that are different, let us know. You can usually, if you go to burninglizardstudios.com, you can see where we post the episode. You can post review our reviews on iTunes. This will, and hopefully, well, most likely that's where you got this from, or at least that's where I get all my podcasts from. You can also find me on burninglizardstudios at tumblr.com. If you look up the, let's see, uh, you can look up burning, uh, let's see, mangamarathon.tumblr.com is the official manga marathon tumblr there's not really anything on there right now 
But if you send something to that account, we'll check it and you and read your question on over the you know on the air. And you can also look up the let's see. Currently, I've got a Burning Lizard Studios Facebook page, which also doesn't have much of anything on it yet. And I may put together a manga marathon page. But if you want to just email your questions, you can email them to burninglizardstudios at gmail.com. So any, if your opinions, like I said, <clears throat> if you're interested in, you know, sharing your opinions and, you know, letting us see, you know, different viewpoints to the manga and different topics, just let us know. But in the meanwhile, I do highly recommend it to everyone. I feel that the majority of people will enjoy this manga just because it's so stinking funny and the characters are so much fun. Yeah, it's much better if you just read it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, if because you... Because you, you'll, understand, you'll understand the joke better when you read it. I was just telling the joke that it kind of ruins it in a way. And I feel like it just doesn't do justice just to even talk about it, really. It, yeah, it's definitely... Comedy is difficult to talk about. Yeah, Un unlike unlike shonen or seinen, you know, adventure action, plot direction. I'm not sure about romance, but you know, well, other such things are fine to talk about. But comedy's just hard because comedy, it, you can't just because comedy just you know requires understanding, and you can't just have someone tell you what's supposed to be funny. You have to understand yeah. yourself. For me, when I started reading it, I was like, okay, okay. Then I got to one of the pages. I'm like, okay, that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, and again, you, when I told you, you're going to read this. Sold me. The houses are what sold me, the, the, the houses. And, and everyone finds their own thing. For me, it was the bike scene. So everyone finds their own thing that they love. And I mean, to start off with, you were resisting this a little bit because it is a comedy. You kept pestering me about it, too. I did. I'm annoying. Yes. But you read it, and you I enjoyed it. Other, I was reading other manga <laughs> during, the, during the time you were, you were pestering me about it, too. Yeah. I read so. it yeah, and I mean, it it is definitely, I mean, it is when you have to read it to really see. If you've gotten to the end of this podcast and you haven't read it, I am terribly sorry. You probably shouldn't have done that. You can go but, watch the anime, I recommend it. Oh, definitely, yeah. The thing about Nozaki-kun is, though, even having had us talk about pretty much all of the best jokes, you're still going to find it funny. You're still going to enjoy it. Um... Even I, having re watched the anime, reading the manga, I still laughed at all the same jokes. I still laugh when I reread it. It's not a one-and-done manga. It is. It has re-read potential. Eh. Re-reading potential. Uh, however you want to say that. You can read it more than once. You know? And I'd highly recommend it. And if you've read it, let us... Yeah, like I said, give us a comment in all those places that I mentioned and let us know what you think. What was your favorite part? What was your favorite joke? Do you completely disagree with us? We want to know because we do like want to have a discussion. That is why we are here talking on a podcast. I like the dating sim part of um, was, the, um, the, 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 the dating game in Volume 2, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was just because the guys were trying to figure out, like, okay, what do you say to her? Oh, say this, say that. I was like, I can't understand her at all. I'm just going to go, but I'm just going to just move on to 2 Isn't that isn't that like further away from what you're trying to go to? <laughs> yep, it's yeah, it's absolutely it is. <clears throat> just, I really it's there's not a boring chapter in this series I find. So highly recommended. Um, volumes one and two are currently available from Yen Press. You can find it at Barnes and Noble. You can find it online at Amazon. I'm going to include a link if I don't forget to Amazon. Where if you're listening to this on the BurningLizardStudios.com website. 
you'll be able to click that link and go purchase them. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, I mean, that is pretty much everything I have to say. We will, as new volumes come out, we'll take a moment to talk about them in future episodes. But for now, it is time to let you know what we are going to be going over next week. Next week, we will be discussing the first two volumes of a fantastic new shonen manga, My Hero Academia. Yes! It's really, really good. And this is something that we can get into a little more depth about. The, well, well, we've already, we, did, we discussed characters today, but we'll go into the characters, the storyline, the writing, the art, the just all the skill that went into making that a good manga. Especially since the animated adaptation is coming out pretty soon. It's coming out like uh, the is. beginning of April. Yep, and speaking of things that are almost out, I am about to go see Batman v Superman. Ah, yes. Uh, I, am, I am trying not to shat my pants, or I'm trying not to have shat my pants, because I am... <clears throat> the critical reviews are not very good. No, 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 no. So, no, about, 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 okay, about the, so going on segue now. So, um, about that, you know, you know, one of the, one of those critic sites is just review aggregator, right? Uh, I mean, they just, I, I read about, it, they're just pretty much just giving, uh, you know, like, 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 okay, this is what, this is what you can expect, and you want to still go see it, go ahead, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying don't go watch it. Well, I'm are, definitely no. going to go watch it, and I'm going to try my damnedest to enjoy it. But still, you know, when you look at a movie and you see it as a terrible rating, you're just like, oh, Lord, please actually be good. Please let these critics be picky assholes. <laughs> I really wish manga adaptations done in live action would actually be good. Oh, jeez, yeah. Okay, well, to be fair... I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't actually, I, I, I really didn't want to bring out news, but I did learn about this. Um, uh, was it U, U, uh, UTA or something? Uh, Viz Media made some sort of um, uh, agreement or contract with some um, company where they may make future live-action movies based off of um, Viz Media. Well, <laughs> oh yeah. Live-action One Piece. I don't know how One... I don't... I, there's no way you can do live-action for One Piece justice. I mean, if, it, if I want to heard about... If I want to heard about Attack on Titan is true, if the live-action that was bad with me. I've... I've read up on it, and I've seen clips of it. The effects are decent, but not what I'm used to with most big blockbuster movies. But they make changes to it, like character changes, setting changes, changes that just... The type of changes where you're just like, why did you do this? It's oh, just as easy to... I mean, that yeah. didn't mean like, like on the scene. How? The thing is, is that it's like... It's just as easy to just do it the way the damn manga did it. It's just as easy to do that as whatever the heck you ended up doing. So how are they going to find, find Alvita, though? I'm pretty Alvita. I'm not talking about Alvita. I'm talking <laughs> about, you know, I'm talking about Attack on Titan I'm, still. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. it's like the changes that they made, it's just like, it's like, look, the ch you did not make changes because it's easier to do this. You made changes because you're an arrogant son of a bitch that thinks you know better than the original creator. That's, That's why I where I hate changes. So much. Well, adaptations do um, can be good. Can I mean, every, anything can be Almost anything in this world can be good. But it's where you see the, the director or the scriptwriter or whatever make changes for no 
I mean, there are times where they have to make changes in adaptations. They're trying to shine, you know. They're trying to, they're trying to make their footprint out there. Well, yeah. But it's like, you know, in cases, sometimes you have to change something because it doesn't work. For example, Tom Bombadil could not have worked in the movies. That's why they yeah, cut I read, Yeah, I read, yeah. That's, I was reading up about that. I was, try, I was trying to watch... Um, I was trying to find um, uh, the uh, 1978 animated version that actually... Peter Jackson actually took many scenes from it and actually adapted those scenes into the actual, into his movie version of it. I was like, what's that? I saw some of the scenes like, oh, actually looks just like from the movie. Well, actually is from the movie. That, that, the movie mm -hmm. was from the, from the yeah. animated version. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Bombadil couldn't make in any of those because he just couldn't fit. Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it doesn't fit. And in those cases, you need to change that if you're adapting. But we'll never get to see Goldberry, will we? <laughs> nope. But no. then that's the thing. It's like... Then you've got the changes that are made where there's no reason they shouldn't be able to do it. And the only explanation I can think of is the director or scriptwriter is an arrogant jackass that thinks they know better. Often they're not, because I've heard scriptwriters say, Yeah, if I was going to do The Martian Manhunter, you know, I wouldn't make him from Mars because that's lame. He'd be like the a... The Martian Manhunter! He's yeah. the Ma Martian from Mars! Yes. And, what? The, oh my but, god. Yeah, and then he's like, oh yeah, but then I'd, what I'd do instead is I'd have him be like a lab experiment gone wrong. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. You're taking the thing, the crucial element of the character, the thing that makes the character the character, the thing that makes him unique and interesting, and you're making it lame. Why am I talking about this? This was years ago. It's just in general. It's like you so often you hear about these people in Hollywood where it's just, oh look at us, we're clearly smarter than those what if comic we, what people. What we took Superman and made him like this, or Batman made him like this? No, that's not how it works. It yeah. So anyway, you do what else, but you try and make this a thing. Yeah, we're. I will hunt you down. We're getting off topic, and I'm sorry. <laughs> we're way off topic. I, <laughs> oh, but yeah, like I said, so back to the, the, the yeah. manga. Mm-hmm. Live adapta live adaptation of manga. Um, if anyone can give, if anyone can actually give me one, at least one that actually turned out well. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Was there one that turned out well? Uh, oh, oh, oh. Um, I haven't watched them, but I've heard that the uh, live action Rurouni Kenshin movies are good. Oh yeah, I heard about. However, that. those were made in Japan, <laughs> in association with Warner Brothers. So you've yeah, got the Japanese, yeah. you know, you've got the Japanese. I should probably be more crew. specific. How about one that's um, made in the U.S.? Made in the U.S. I mean, we know well, Japan. <clears throat> Japan messes it up. That's well, that's you know, that's their that, thing. That, that's, up, that's up to them. I mean, yeah, you but, know, it's it's their you know, it's their material in the first place, kind of thing. But you know, yeah, I mean, Warner Brothers was involved in the creation of it, but they very much did. Okay, we're leaving this in your hands. We're just you know funding it and financing it, which I think is why the it has a a look that's more similar to a Hollywood movie, because a lot there is a different, there's a noticeable, markedly different look between Japanese movies versus Hollywood movies. Oh, Whether yeah. for good or for better, that comes down to personal opinion. Personally, I'm more used to the Hollywood look, so whenever I'm watching a non-Hollywood movie, I have to sort of adjust that part of my head where I'm like, okay, this isn't what I'm used to. Try, see this for what it is, not for, don't automatically say, this is not what I'm used to, ergo it's bad. It's bad for other reasons. That's not what you need to do. Say. <laughs> no, I'm not saying I'll 
I'm going to stop digging that grave. Anyway, but yeah, so that I heard is good. But for American, well, the only ones that I know of is like uh, Speed Racer, Astro Boy, uh, Dragon Ball Evolution, which was a so bad. Wait, there was a live action Astro Boy? It was CGI animation. Doesn't count. I'm not, I, I am not counting CGI as real life. It's not well, it's, it has to be it's Western, real people. It's a, it's a Western animation, though, which is why I count it. But live action, live action, I can only think of two right now. Unless, oh jeez, I don't know. We'd have to look into Dragon Ball Evolution. Don't uh, do it. But no, I can't, at the moment, I can't really think of any, and that's not what this podcast is about. Good point. <laughs> so anyway, back to happier things. Those yeah, are the yeah. You should read it. It's very funny, all of you that are listening. It's, it's a very hysterical manga, but for now, I think that, about wraps it up. Hopefully you liked this first episode and we'll go on to the second one. Please go on to the second one. It would depress me to look at the stats and see 500 people watch listening to the first one and 5 people listening to the second one. You don't want to depress me, do you? No, I'm not emotionally blackmailing you. What are you, you talking about? You tell them you have a cat. <laughs> I have a cat. I don't I know don't what that's supposed cat. to do. <laughs> Anyway, we will see you all next week, and hopefully I, hopefully you enjoyed it, and let us know if you have any feedback.